We should not be conforming to what's popular. We should not be conforming to pressures of social media. We always just like walk away from God, but he's just chasing after us and he, he won't force a relationship with you. If I would have brought it to the light right away, um, it would have left me with so much less hurt than, than yeah. what um, I experienced. Constantly influencing people and people influencing us. As you grow as a Christian, your convictions are going to be evolving as well. What's up, guys? We are finally back in 2021. We made it <laughs> through 2020, which is awesome. Um, we're super excited to be back. We've missed you guys a lot. Today, I'm really excited to be talking about Esther and her story and what our kingdom purpose is here on earth. So me and Katie, we're going to dive into some of that stuff. Um, yeah, I think it's just going to be a really good show. Yeah. Yeah. We are super excited to be back. It was a nice little break that we had. And it's crazy though, like how fast time has been going. Um, Lexi and I were just talking about this. We're like, how is it already the middle of January? And I feel like the older you get, the more you say that. So we're just like typical getting, you know, getting older. We're just like, (laughs) the time is passing so fast, but we are super excited to be back. And yeah, we wanted to kick off this new year talking about the book of Esther. And I think especially now um, with the state of our world and just a lot of the the events that are happening right now, just in general, not only in the United States of America, but also in the world in general, it's at times you can kind of, you kind of think, where is God in this? Mm-hmm. And um, really, when you look at at the word of God, and you read, um, I mean, just diving into the word itself, it's like there's nothing new under the sun. And a lot of what we are experiencing today, so many people have gone through before us. And so even picking up, I mean, it really helps to pick up a history book, but um, but the most important book of all, the Bible, um, there's so many examples of where God has has been working, where we don't necessarily um individuals in the Bible don't necessarily see it and in the moment, but then it's like, in hindsight, it's like, wow, God was working in that. Yeah. And I feel like this story is, I, it was funny, like reading it over. Cause like, this is like a childhood story that everyone yeah. knows. Like if you grew up in church, every woman knows the story of Esther, right? Right. And like, this story, reading it. And then we listened to a couple um, sermons and stuff about it too. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, everything, we know this, but everything is planned. Like God's will is always going to be done. And I think sometimes, like I know me personally, we forget this. Like we forget that God is in control. And it's awesome because um, Tony Evans in his sermon, he calls God um, the master or what did he call him? The, uh, pu- like a puppet master. Mm-hmm. And he's strings and he's working out all these little details in our lives to bring us to our purpose, which is amazing to think about because sometimes we think that, I mean, we've talked about this so much. We think that we have more control than we actually yeah. do. Right. Um, and it's just, we don't. Um, yeah. So I think, um, I guess we can dive into the story of Esther and kind of summarize there. Um, yeah. 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 Yeah, just kind of like a high level summary. So Esther, um, she 
was a Jew, but she was she became queen after um, there's this King Xerxes and his queen Vashti refused to come to this banquet essentially, and then she was banished, and so then they were looking for a new queen. And kind of long story short, Esther went through this process of these beauty treatments and kind of this. I get it almost when I when you read through it, it kind of sounds like a um, like almost like a like going through these beauty treatments and then presenting herself as like, yeah. who's going to, ple- who's going to be the most beautiful, who's going to um, be in front of the, the King and please him the best. And yeah. I think it's also funny reflecting upon this. It talks about specific like food and nutrition. So mm-hmm. these women, I mean, you think about a long time ago, it was seen as, you know, having enough to eat and being, um, being beautiful, you know, probably they went through a process of gaining weight, which I think is interesting. You know, now it's like, it's like, so, uh, you know, in our, in our culture, in this diet culture, it's like this constant pressure to be thin. But, um, you know, before it was actually, if you had a little bit of weight on you, it was seen as a a gorgeous thing because it means you have enough money to have proper nutrition. And then also too, um, you know, you're not mounted, you're not suffering from malnutrition and et cetera. Anyways, I thought that was interesting and just kind of, um, uh, thinking about how it parallels to today. Um, but essentially she then became queen and, um, she did not tell anyone that she was a Jew. Um, so then through this, um, God, really, I mean, it's just incredible reading through the story and seeing like his hand and all of this. And there's no, I thought this was interesting too. There's no direct mention of God speaking to someone or God's audible voice, but yet in those small details, I mean, thinking about a Jewish woman who became queen and how God used her through all of this. And then we can kind of get into the details and how God used her. Um, but I thought that was fascinating as well. And how even in the small little details. Um, and so I don't know if you want to go into kind of yeah. the connection with Mordecai and and that sort of that all those little details. But it's amazing God's hand in even the small little details that we might think aren't significant in our own lives. Um, God can use that for his greater purpose. Yeah. and. Yeah, it's just the intricate details. Like it, it's so interesting because um kind of picking up from where you were at. So when um Esther became queen, everyone admired her. And it wasn't like the king only had a couple women or something like that. He had a lot of concubines, but yeah. favor in her. Um, he he loved her and he made her queen, which was so cool. Um, and the thing is, is that Mordecai, when she, her cousin, when she was going to the um, kingdom, he told her, you know, like you said, do not tell anyone you're a Jew because basically Jews were always getting um, executed, killed, you know, all this stuff. Um, always, mm-hmm. Yes, there's always a lot of persecution um, uh, in that community. And so anyways, basically what ends up happening is that when Esther becomes queen, she's actually not allowed to um, go to the king whenever she wants. She was on a, like, a waiting period or whatever. Um, and she had to wait for the king to um, basically, you know, invite her into his courts, I guess. Right. Um, so she, her cousin ended up finding out that um, Haman, sorry, I'm going through my notes, <laughs> yeah. um, that 
Haman was, um, he was like the king's right-hand man. And basically what ended up happening was um, the king said that when Haman comes into town, everyone must bow. And Mordecai wouldn't bow. Um, He wouldn't bow to another man. He was um, Jewish, so he believed in the Lord and he would only bow to his God. And so um, Haman was pissed. He was not happy. Because he said, you're disrespecting the king, you're disrespecting me. So he was very, very mad. So he went to the king to basically suggest that um, they kill all the Jews. Because they're like, the Jewish people, they don't follow um, the king's rule of law. He was really making it about him, but he had to make it about the king to make it like a thing. Right. And um, so basically there is a, um, is it a decree or what, what is it? Yeah. Yeah. So it was a decree. And the thing about decrees back in that time, once it was written down, it could not be retracted. So it was yes. like, once yeah. the king approved of this, it was approved and it was set in stone. So there's no going back on it. And yeah. so, um, so and kind of before all of this happened, Mordecai had actually found out about a plot to kill the king. Oh, yes. And, yeah, and thwarted that. And but the king had kind of forgotten about it. And this this detail is very important because it actually turns the story around on Haman and his plans kind of turn, backfire on him. Um so that's kind of a it's a little detail that ends up becoming very important. But essentially, um Haman as you had said became very angry when Mordecai would not bow down, and so he wanted to destroy all the Jews. And it and it really is Interesting because this constant theme of the persecution of God's people, but yet God always is faithful and he always comes through and he always has a plan. And it's like, okay, we have to make sure we are, we're keeping our minds on that truth that God comes, his prom, he never fails us and his promises always, um, he never it goes back on his word. His promises are all are always something that we can depend upon. And um, something that I just wrote down about this is evil seems to triumph while God seems far away, but he always has a plan. And so even if we think evil is winning, God wins in the end and God will be victorious. And um, we can see even, you know, this kind of parallels to the, the coming of Christ and how even when Jesus on the cross dying for our sins. It's like, even when he was on the cross and we didn't realize that, or the back in, I'm saying we collectively, the individuals who were with Jesus, who saw him die and thought, oh my gosh, like it's hopeless. It's the end. But yet through that pain, through that persecution, through that ultimate um, death on the cross, it's like God used that for his ultimate purpose. And I think that's something that is so beautiful and is, is such a great reminder and something to meditate on, um, especially in the state of the world that we have right now. It may seem overwhelming. It may seem very disheartening um, and like, man, this has never happened before. It's, you know, you keep hearing unprecedented, unprecedented times and this, we've never seen anything like this. Well, if you open the Bible and you just look at a story in, in the word, this actually has happened a lot. <laughs> um, there's nothing new under the sun. And, and even though it does seem, you know, there's new elements such as social media, such as um, the mass media, et cetera, like there's new elements, but really there's nothing new under the sun. Um, yeah. Satan has always been at work and and um, trying to, um, you know, just evil is there's constant forces of evil and good in the world. And, and so we, we can't get discouraged and think, well, this is, you know, um, like there's it's hopeless. There's never lost hope. But that's yeah. kind of a, you know, just a um, expansion on that on that point. Um, 
but then once Mordecai finds about the, finds out about this plot, he enlists Esther to help. And um, this is Esther 4, 14, and this is Mordecai. If you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from someone, some other place, but you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were made just for just such a time as this. And I think this is probably one of the most famous verses in Esther is for such a time as this. And so we're like these, these individuals that God is using, like these little details that we think are insignificant. Well, maybe it is for just a time, a time as this, maybe God is placing you somewhere at the exact right moment, not maybe he is. And um, he's placing you in relationships that no one else has. He's placing you in maybe some sort of mundane moment that you don't think matters, that maybe you are God's vessel and you are exactly what someone else needs or just the right connection to make a difference. And and um, and so I think that that's like a really important point from this, um, yeah. from this book. Yeah, I think that's like, <laughs> that's forever been one of my favorite verses um, mm-hmm. because it's so applicable to everyone. And what I really like about it too is that basically he's saying God's will is going to be done with or without you. Yeah. He's saying you can be a part of it and you can trust God's plan and you can trust that God wants to use you in this plan to save the Jewish mm-hmm. people, to save the church, to save Christianity essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Or don't be a part of it, but either way, God's going to win in the end. That's like the most beautiful part of it. Well, so, so during this time, um, during this time, one of, one of these nights is King Xerxes was restless. And so this is like a small detail that's actually very important. So I, I just was reflecting upon this. I'm like, how many times do you have a restless night or does someone have a restless night and something happens that ends up being super significant? So during this, this sleepless night, he read over the history of his reign and then recalled how Mordecai had exposed that previous plot. And before we had just briefly mentioned this previous plot to kill the king and how he exposed it and how um, then the king ended up not, you know, obviously not being killed um, because of Mordecai and because yeah. of his desire to um, for justice. And so then he actually asked Haman, his right-hand man, how should he honor someone? And Haman's thinking, oh, this is me. Like, <laughs> yep. I'm going to be honored. Um, but he, the king actually ends up doing this for Mordecai. And Haman is so upset that he ends up having a pole um, put in place to impale Mordecai. That's his plan. He's like, I'm going to kill him because we're going to kill all the Jews. And so there's seemingly all these random events, right? The sleepless night, the, you know, all these little things. And it's like, actually, God was using these events for his purpose and for his greater plan and how something like a sleepless night that we might be upset about. And it's like, oh my gosh, like what is, you know, what difference does it make? And as you had mentioned, God's plan will be accomplished, whether or not we're a part of it or not, but do we want to be used by God? And sometimes that's like a humbling thought. It's thinking like I stop in my tracks and I'm like, when I read this and when we were studying this and kind of coming to some of these big points that are, that are very impactful, it's like, do I want to just sit on the sidelines or do I want God to use me? 
man, I want God to use me. And so am I being faithful in the small things, like such as Mordecai being faithful to expose that plot? It's like he was he was really seeking um, for seeking justice and the truth and how that ended up benefiting him and how not bowing down to Haman actually yeah. was, you know, was a because of that and because he was faithful to God, um, this evil person set out to kill him and to kill all the Jews. But then look how God, um, he doesn't fail him and he doesn't fail that, that honor and that, um, that dedication to the Lord, he actually, in the end, honors it and turns it around on Haman. And it's like, man, how much do we need reminding of that? That the evil plans of people can never, never thwart the purpose or plan of God and um, his plans for his people. Like how reassuring is that? And I think that's something that I need to hear during a time like 2020, 2021, when there's a lot of turmoil, a lot of noise. Um, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners could benefit from hearing too. It's like evil cannot, we have a God so powerful um, that the Satan will never prevail over God's perfect, perfect plan for our lives. Yeah. Well, and the thing that's so cool is that like, I think Esther in the beginning, she probably had no idea all the things that were going to unfold and how mm-hmm. Haman was going to come after her people and how she was going to be chosen for the, chosen as queen to right. save her people. And um, one of the points, like listening to Tony Evans, um, Esther uh, series, he constantly was talking about how the world's essentially like non-Christian Satan, like when we're going into more um, like the spiritual battle portion, um, the world wants to limit the voice of God. And the perfect example is Haman wanting to kill the Jews. And we're still seeing that here today, relevant with Christians being persecuted, um, you know, uh, you know, Jews still be- being highly persecuted, especially mm-hmm. East. Um, so it's so relevant still today. And he was basically just talking about when do I know that God is going to like use me or when, when do I know it's time for God to use me in my purpose? And it was beautiful because he basically was just talking about God is wanting to use you in your purpose when your influence is to advance his kingdom agenda mm-hmm. and his kingdom mm-hmm. agenda is to bring people to Christ and to, you know, and this particular story was to save the Jewish people so we can, you know, hit those, that's God's people. So I thought it was like super cool how he like put those things together because it is so true. Like, going back to that Esther 414, it's like for such a time as this, like you weren't just made beautiful just to be beautiful and a nice thing Mm -hmm. to look at. You weren't made, you know, you weren't put in this, um, uh, in this city to be found. And, you know, they were looking for all like the best and most beautiful virgins and, you know, King Xerxes didn't kick his, you know, his queen to the curb for no reason. It was all these little events. And when Mm -hmm. Esther opens up, it, it, opens up with the story of King Xerxes and him not being pleased with his queen because she disobeyed him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And you know, those were different times. <laughs> no, right, right, right. <laughs> um, and it was just, it's just so cool. But I, I do always love that little part. And I totally forgot about that when Mordecai did save the King and he never was rewarded. And that was a little time before um, Esther was even going to be queen. So yeah little tiny detail ended up becoming huge where, you know, Mordecai was finally like recognized for saving the, saving the king. 
and he was blessed. And then Esther made known what Haman's plan was to do to her people when she finally revealed her nationality. Um, and Which she was is so to- cool. Yeah. It's so cool how God, the delay. So if we look at this from more of like a fleshly view and, you know, for, kind of from our carnal mind, it's like, man, I want to be recognized for my work. Mm-hmm. Like think about like Mordecai, but he didn't have that attitude. It was like, yeah. when right what right is right, wrong is wrong, like do yeah. the right thing. And so for us, it's like, man, I wasn't recognized right away. Like I've been faithful. Yeah. How many times, you know, do you, in our own lives, have we done the right thing? It's like, well, no one saw it. Well, God saw it. And you don't know what, what rewards that were, you know, the rewards you're going to um, reap in the, in the future when you sow good, good, faithful deeds. Now it's like, yeah. man, we, you know, we don't see the big picture and we just are so short-sighted too. We only see the here and now, and we're so focused on the instant gratification and that sort of thing. But yeah. it's like, God was working all these small details um, for such a great, I mean, this, this story and just how everything worked together. Only God can work those things together. And actually this is recently um, one of Jake, my boyfriend, <laughs> and our favorite words is God incidents is instead of coincidence. Like yeah. you know, we got talking and just kind of how everything has worked out even with our relationship and just how we met and all these different things. And we were like, man, what a coincidence. And we're like, no, we can't say coincidence. It's a God incident because yeah. literally yeah. there's no way that these events could have happened the way that they did without God's hand in this, um, you know, and in this situation. And I think that it's a perfect example in this story, just how God's hand was in these small details of something so seemingly it just seems silly, the sleepless night and, um, you know, these, these small details and how then, as you said, when Esther, when she revealed her nationality, it was like, that was the point then too, when Haman's plot turned against him and then he ended up being killed, um, yeah. because of this, this plot that he was, that he was planning um, to kill all of the Jews and the King was furious and, you know, and yeah. so it's amazing how it all came together in that moment. Um, and then, it, in Esther 8, um, verse 16, it just talks about how the Jews were filled with joy and gladness and honored everywhere, and the Jews became a powerful force. So going from being this persecuted group of people who were, if you looked at it from you know just our logic, our human logic, and looking at the events previously where Haman had the, you know, the king wrote, it was, it was a decree to kill all the Jews, you would have thought, it's hopeless. There's no way. Like, there's yeah. no way that this can be, uh, there, that there can be anything that will, um, you know, any sort of hope for the Jews. Well, then the Jews became a powerful force and um, God fulfills his promise, even through the ordinary things in every single everyday life and and no circumstance is is hopeless. And I think that that's something too to really, really drive home um, with this story is like even the most hopeless situations are not hopeless when God is working his purposes through it. A hundred percent. Yeah. And it's so cool. Cause like God honors, honors our boldness. Um, when we are, you know, just bold in our faith. Um, I think that's the thing. And we saw it both in Mordecai and in Esther being bold enough to come to the King where she knows that if he doesn't hold out his ring or scepter or whatever it was, mm-hmm. um, 
and doesn't accept her, like she could be killed. And so he was telling her like, he's like, the time is now. And like, she waited and had multiple banquets and things were still being set up while she was kind of in that waiting period. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just like, be bold in your faith, but also wait on the Lord to move. I think sometimes um, I know personally for myself, I can be hasty. So I'll like, like, I don't know, I'll decide something in my life. And then I'm like, oh, well, was that like what God wanted me to do versus like mm-hmm. really, yes, we are called to be bold, but also like make sure that that is what God wants you to do. And really it's when you're spending that time with him and like, he will move your heart. And like, I don't really know necessarily how to explain when like God speaks to me. Cause he does speak to us all so differently. And we've talked about this before. Like for me, like I always feel the closest with God in um, worship. And um, usually what ends up happening when God's speaking to me, um, I'll, you know, like maybe read something in my Bible, but then a song is like so on point with either an emotion that I'm feeling or something Mm -hmm. that I'm going through. Um, And, you know, like God speaks to me in those ways. Um, And yeah, it's just like we have to be bold in our faith and know that God will honor that boldness. Mm-hmm. Um, not, I'm not saying that like people won't face persecution. We're already seeing that, like I said, in this day and age with Christians being persecuted. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're and they're also being so much more. There's so much more persecution than we even know. Like here in yeah. the United States, I mean, we yeah. think that there's some here in the United States. Yes, there definitely is pressure um, to conform, but like there are Christians being imprisoned and killed in other countries um, for speaking out of just, and and for being Christian. So yeah, absolutely. And I think our, you know, our media does not address that um, nearly enough. You almost, it's almost like you have to go do some research about these other countries and what's actually happening uh, to get the full, full picture and perspective of of the persecution that still exists um, against, um, I mean, so many religions, but especially Christians, yeah. Jews, um, and Muslims in, in, um, I mean, even, even in, you know, other countries that we would never expect. Yeah. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This year, like the biggest thing that I've been praying for, and I kind of started praying for it a little bit last year was just boldness in my faith to share with others. Yeah. And a hundred percent, like we are not even like, you know, other countries are 200 times like you know persecuted like in China like you literally can't have another religion essentially it's very yeah. underground um and so we are so blessed to live in this nation mm-hmm. uh, but there are spiritual battles that are constantly going on and and um you know and the devil and satan wants to keep you from your purpose that god has created yeah. you for and he has created you for a certain time a certain place like right now being a christian in 2021 and seeing how divided our nation is and how um really just secular and how far uh america has gone away from our mm-hmm. you know has gone away from christianity essentially that's yeah. what we're yeah. off of off of the Bible. And we're seeing all this turmoil and we're kind of wondering, oh, why? Well, look Mm -hmm. how far we've come from what God's standard, essentially. Mm -hmm. And so right now you're put here on this earth as a Christian, whether you're a Christian or not, um, and you're listening to this, God still has a purpose for your life as well. Um, But the thing is, is like when you're a Christian, God wants to use you for this time. Um, Mm -hmm. You can't can't take it for granted. Like that's like the biggest thing that I get on myself for is like, Mm -hmm. 
sometimes I am only invested in my own Christianity and not going out to to witness and be a witness to other people. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. I really, there's times where I think if I was in this situation, would I have the same level of boldness yeah. in the face of adversity? And it's humbling. Now, you know, God does want us to, um, you know, if we are not bold, let's say in the face of adversity, um, you know, God wants to refine us. It's this, it's yeah. this never ending process of sanctification until we end up, um, being united with our with our Lord and Savior in heaven, it's a never ending process of sanctification. But at the same time, we also have to have to recognize the grace that is given to us yeah. um, through you know it's it's something we we did not earn, we do not deserve, and so there's so much grace. But yet at the same time, we should always be pushing for for to be better, to be more like Jesus. Sanctification. Now, does that earn our salvation? No, um, but we still it's like we're given this gift. Why are we squandering it? And I think a lot of times one area where I tend to need to improve a little bit is even though, you know, social media and everything it's, um, and with individuals that I talk to, I think sometimes I almost am tempted to have this like fake level of boldness where, (laughs) where it's like, it's so easy to just post a Bible verse or like, post or whatever and just kind of like leave it at that. But like, are we actually, when we're put, you know, when we're put under fire, like when, when it really comes down to someone's criticizing you, someone's bashing you, someone's talking about you because of what you're standing up for, you know, and, and there's a lot of that on social media, a lot of gossip, a lot of, you know, just in our day-to-day lives. Um, some people it's, it's kind of a normal day-to-day thing just to constantly be talking about individuals. Um, you know, and it's, it's just a, a normal part of humanity, uh, normal in terms of, of, um, of, uh, you know, just our, our carnal desire to gossip and just slander and to talk about people and everything. But it's like, when we're actually under pressure, are we going to stand or are we just kind of this fake boldness where we'll be bold as long as no one criticizes us? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times that's something I have to reflect upon. I'm like, am I still seeking that boldness? Am I am I still desiring that even when I face criticism, persecution, people misunderstand me, people gossip, people slander, you know, et cetera, or am I bowing down to that? And yeah. so it, I really was reflecting upon just this you know, when you said Esther, I was like, oh yes. So rereading through this, because we had talked about, okay, what is a what is a story that we want to reflect upon and and um talk about on the podcast and reflecting upon it. I mean, it was very humbling, you know, just being transparent myself, like humbling thinking about, man, I have not been as bold as I should be. Um, and there have been times where I have been very tempted to back down or back off or just say, oh, I'm done with social media. Oh, I'm done with this because yeah. of the pushback. And it's like, mm-hmm. am I really letting Satan use some random mess, you know, person on the internet who doesn't know me to discourage me from, you know, my purpose and, and am I actually being bold or am I just kind of this surface level bold? Yeah. And I think that's the thing too, is like, we're always at war mm-hmm. spiritually. And I think if we get complacent in that and kind of forgetting that, like, it's not about, um, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier. It's not about like, oh, speaking of the election, not so about, oh, my person won or your person won. It really is this 
battle of mm-hmm. the spiritual battle of good versus evil. And we're seeing good being drowned out right now. And like, we have, we just have to be bold. Like this is the time to do it. And like, you know, we were talking like there is going to be a revival. Cause I think people are realizing that this world is going to end at some point and you have to be living for something more and you have to be living in the purpose that God created you for. And he wants to use you, but are you willing to be used by him and really truly used by him surrendering over your life? And mm-hmm. I'm not going to pretend that every day I'm like, yeah, like I, like, you know, I, you know, take up my cross and I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm always fighting for the kingdom. Like, that's just not true. I, I do get caught up in my day to day of just living my own life. Mm-hmm. Um, but really it's been on my heart. I feel like just all of this year, like all, all these last like two weeks. And then about a week before um, this new year started, like, how does God want to use me more? How can I make myself more available to be used by God? And, um, and then of course we went over this story and I was like, this is probably the best story and one of the best stories in the Bible, not the best story in the Bible, but one yeah. of the best that is so relevant to what's going on. You have to be bold and you have to fight for what is good and what is right. Right. Um, yeah. And I think too, for our listeners, just reflecting upon like application and because um, it can be very overwhelming to think like, oh my gosh, well, do I need to, you know, it's like, yeah. okay, how do I apply this in my day-to-day life? Well, think about, okay, it could be as simple as a conversation that you decide not to partake in because it's slander and gossip. I mean, it's small things like that. Like, how are we going to be different um, as followers of Christ? How are we going to be a different light in this world? Um, you know, it could be speaking, you, you know, someone asks you, okay, tell me more about Christianity. And it's yeah. it's not being afraid to talk about your testimony. Um, yeah. you know, it's it's some it's your family member who asks you for, for, can you help me? And then you, you offer, can I pray for you? I mean, it's small things like that. Being bold doesn't necessarily have to be this level of, you know, obviously we're not all, we're not all Esther. We're we're not all Queens. (laughs) (laughs) We are children of God. And so (laughs) are definitely, we have a Royal um, title in that, Um, but it is, you know, we, we don't have this necessarily like Queen Katie or, you know, Queen Lexi or anything like that. But yet at the same time, like there are, as we had talked about in this podcast, like in the mundane, in the everyday moments of life, like where, how is God using you? And you don't know, maybe it's that interaction with the barista you see every day. And they ask you, you know, why are you like, you always seem to have joy. Like, where does your joy come from? And that's a perfect opportunity to be bold. Think about most people would not be bold in that situation. And I can't say, you know, I'm, Definitely, it's something I need to be working on. Um, I've become much more bold over the years, but it's still or bolder, whatever, more bold, <laughs> bolder. I don't know. You guys know what I'm saying. Um, but it's a constant process and sanctification yeah. and like, okay, thinking about what did Jesus do in these types of situations or what would he do and how can I be bold for the kingdom and how can I live for 
a purpose so much greater than just my own self. And, and so it's in those small things and it's not, you know, I don't want to overwhelm our listeners with like, Oh my gosh, you have to, you know, do, you know, all of a sudden just totally abandon everything you're doing. And no, like actually God can use you in your workplace and can use you in those interactions at the gym or with your with your mom or with your um, spouse or your sibling or, you know, your friends or someone, some random person um, who asks you a question or, you know, and so you don't know what words of encouragement you may give someone and how that could turn around their life that could save their life, you know, so things like that. It's like being bold when maybe it's a little bit uncomfortable, but as you become more comfortable with being uncomfortable, then it becomes kind of a part of your life. It's like, okay, God yeah. needs me today. Where can I be used um, for for His purposes? So. Yeah, a thousand percent. And it's following the convictions that God gives you. Mm-hmm. We talked about that a little bit too. It's going to be different yeah. for everybody for sure. Um, yeah, and boldness, not necessarily. Yeah, in that part of like, like in the thinking of the word boldness, like mm-hmm. just like if God pushes you to talk to someone. Like you said, yeah. like if you're at a coffee shop mm-hmm. and God. Like, it gives you a little nudge and you know yeah. and the more that you listen and pay attention to it, you know when God is nudging and pushing right. you and moving you towards certain circumstances and certain right. people and all that stuff in your life. Um, and it's amazing to see because God is very quiet. He's not always so loud and big and flashy. It's like you really have to kind of quiet your spirit to hear what he has for mm-hmm. you. At least personally. And I know that, you know, it's not like miracles left and right, but like God is in your day to day. And like you said, he's mm-hmm. in the mundane. And you have to pay attention and be locked in to really see and let, and let him work through you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this was great. Thank you everyone for listening. And we are so excited to be back. Um, We hope that this was encouraging and insightful. And um, as always, please leave us a review on, um, well, I guess every platform leave us, well, probably iTunes would be best or uh, it's usually where, where, uh, where most people tune in and we will see you in a couple weeks. Yeah. See ya. Bye.